Coming up, a surprising look at how to get our prayers answered. Welcome, everyone, to At Home in Jerusalem, the podcast on Aish.com. I'm Heather Dean, and this is the place where each week a well-known Torah scholar drops by for a visit and shares important insights that will make home life better. And today, I'm at Aisha Torah's headquarters in Jerusalem, Israel, with my guest, Rabbi David Aaron, who is back on the podcast, and this time to share some of his insights about how to get our prayers answered. Rabbi Aaron is the dean and founder of Israelite an international organization and center for Jewish learning in Jerusalem's Old City and Yeshivat Oraita, which offers a one-to-two-year program for high school graduates. To contact Rabbi Aaron or to purchase any of his eight books, you can visit rabbidavidaaron.com. And that's R-A-B-B-I-D-A-V-I-D-A-A-R-O-N.com. Welcome back, Rabbi David Aaron to At Home in Jerusalem. Thank you. I think it's fair to say that pretty much for all of us, there are situations in each of our lives we'd like to change. So if God already knows our problems and challenges, why do we need to ask him to change our situation? Well, you know, there's a confusion that we um, confuse Judaism with uh, a word which is lehit palel, and it's translated as prayer. And uh, I have an issue with that because I did a little research on really the Latin root of prayer, and it comes from the word to beg. Mm-hmm. And I beg to differ. <laughs> um, you know, prayer basically uh, has an assumption that my job is to get God to change his mind. Something's happening in my life. Uh, I don't like it. And if I could bargain, beg, uh, and cut a deal with God, maybe he'll change his mind. Uh, there's something really deeply philosophically problematic about that because uh, why do I change my mind? Uh, let's say I'm on my way to buy a new car and I happen to meet a fellow and he asks me, you know, what are you doing? I say, I'm going to go buy myself a new Toyota. And he says, oh my gosh, did you hear the latest news about Toyota? And he gives me new information and I change my mind. But we're taught that God is omniscient. God knows everything. So what would it mean for God to change his mind? I'm I'm giving him new information. God, I think Mm. you didn't notice. My business is falling (laughs) apart. I have five children. Can you help me Mm. out? Um, The whole idea is really philosophically very problematic. And it kind of makes God look like he's kind of holding out on us and and is waiting for us to... Mm plead with him mm-hmm. and, 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 and maybe praise him and butter him up and get him to change his mind. But that's really not what lehit palel means. Lehit palel is not about trying to change God. In Hebrew, when you have that T sound, lehit palel, it already tells you that's something you're doing to yourself. And what are you actually doing to yourself? Um, well, the word palel mm-hmm. is found in a story between Jacob and Joseph. And Joseph is coming to his father, Jacob. He's about to pass away. And he's with his two children, Ephraim and Nash. And Jacob, some people remember the story. Joseph was sold as a slave and Jacob was led to believe that he was dead. And, and thank God many years later, they reunited. And this is the last, you know, this is the last hours of Jacob's life. Mm-hmm. And he says to Joseph, he says, uh, Joseph, I never paleled, so to speak, that I would ever see your face, and yet I've been blessed to see the face of your children. What does that word mean, palel? So if we look at the great commentary Rashi, he explains that the word palel means 
to fill your heart to think the thoughts. In other words, what we can understand here is lehit palel means that I'm going to intentionally fill my heart to think the thoughts. To think those thoughts that I didn't, I didn't have the courage to think, that I was afraid of being disappointed at. It's, it's, a, it's a form of self-induced dreaming, anticipating. It's interesting, in the synagogue, the leader of the prayer is called a chazan. Mm-hmm. The word chazan literally means vision. It's kind of strange. That would be the name of the, the, the one leading us in a prayer because the prayer is actually an exercise in visionary thinking. What we're going to do, we're going to come to synagogue, we're going to dream mm. about peace. We're mm. going to dream about health. We're going to dream about, about livelihood. And we're going to fill our hearts to think those thoughts, those unthinkable thoughts, that things can change and turn to God and believe that mm. blessings can come my way. That's changing yourself. That's not changing God. In other words, prayer is trying to get God to want what I want, to change his mind and want what I want. Whereby Lahit Paleo mm-hmm. is to change my mind and want what God wants. And how do I know what God wants? If you look in the Jewish prayer book, it's all written there. Mm-hmm. What does God want? The more you want what God wants, the more you align your vision with God's vision for the world, the more you allow God's vision and will and blessing to come into your life. That's uh, a real game changer of, of uh, our perceptions on prayer. So it's not God whom we're trying to change. It's ourselves and our relationship to God that we're trying to change through prayer. And you're saying that if we change ourselves, we change our whole situation. So is this also to say that through the act of prayer, we are changing ourselves so we're sort of like a different person. We want to be a different person that was praying for those things, right? And that, therefore, what? God sees us differently now because we have filled our hearts this way, is it? Uh, let, let, me, let me give you a metaphor. Okay. Imagine a bat uh, sitting on my shoulder, and we're both looking at light. Okay. Uh, the bat flies around at night because his eyes cannot handle light. When light hits the bat's eyes, uh, it turns into darkness in his eyes. He can't handle the light. So that means that when he looks at light, he actually sees darkness. Mm -hmm. And when I look at light, I see light. Mm -hmm. Now, if that light source were intensified, he would see more darkness as the light got brighter. And I would see more light. Mm -hmm. So it's not the light that has to change. It's I that have to change. Mm -hmm. Judaism claims that God is always and only sending us blessing. Always and only sending us blessing. It's only light. The question is, how receptive are we of the light? Now, the act of tefillah, uh, which is very different than prayer, is about changing myself and, and aligning. The more I want what God wants and the more I, I align my vision with God's vision, the more I'm able to receive the light as light. But if I'm not ready to receive the light, then the light turns into my world as darkness, just Mm -hmm. like for that bat. So therefore, the Baal Shem Tov, the Hasidic master, says that a curse in a person's life is actually blessing that's trying to get into your life, but you're resisting it. You're not open to it. You're not ready for it. And so it turns into curse for you. Mm -hmm. So it's not about God. God doesn't have to change. God only and always sends us good, Mm -hmm. only and always Mm -hmm. sends us light. Mm -hmm. So when we're mitpalel, rather than the normative way people understand prayer, it's about changing my mind and aligning my will Mm -hmm. with God's will. In the time that we have remaining, so 
a lot of us understand a concept that's on Rosh Hashanah about a decree. We're decreed everything for the next year, and sometimes we are begging, tear up that decree and bless me with this. This is really scary. This is really disruptive to my life. Um, I don't know what to do. We, we often ask, and there are actions people take sometimes in order to beg God to tear up that evil decree. Right. So that's why we need to kind of re-understand that. God doesn't need to tear up the decree. You do. Mm-hmm. You have to tear up that decree. Okay. And one of the wow. most powerful ways wow. to do that is through regretting your behavior and accepting upon yourself not to do that again. Uh, it's through aligning more and more your will and your vision to want more of what God wants in your life. You know, Judaism could be summed up very easily. Want what God wants. We learn Torah to know what God wants. Mm-hmm. We pray to want what God wants. Mm-hmm. And we do the mitzvahs to live what God wants. And the more we know and want and live the will of God, the more the blessings of God pours into our lives. So we do say to God, tear up our decree. But we need to understand that really it's in your hands to tear up the decree. So when you say, God, tear up the decree, you're saying, God, I want this decree to change. Mm -hmm. But it really starts with you. Hmm. Because God certainly wants that decree to to be torn up. Now you have to do that. Amazing. Thank you so much, Rabbi David Aaron, for helping us better understand prayer and how to get our prayers answered. Thank you so much. And for a wealth of material about Jewish prayer, head over to H.com's section on spirituality and click on the word prayer. And thanks for listening.